Welcome to the Rodcast. I'm your host, Dr. Rod. So my guest today was first brought to my attention through a uh, BBC article that I, I happened to stumble upon, and it really sparked my interest in what seemed like one of the most creative uh, approaches to, to mental health that I've uh, seen in a very long time. So I'm very excited for our, our chat today with the uh, founder of Real Minds. Uh, please join me in welcoming Dave Williams. Dave, welcome to the broadcast. Oh, hi Rod. Thanks for having me. So I, I, I was thinking about it and I think maybe this, the, even the title of, of the broadcast is very appropriate for, for what you, <laughs> you do. But I have thought about stealing it. Yeah, yeah? <laughs> yeah I, should, I should trademark it, huh? Why don't you uh, mention to folks and talk about like what what it is that you do uh, with Real Minds? Yeah, sure. So uh, Real Minds, we're a, a not for profit, a CIC. Um, we were set up really looking at uh, tackling mental health through fishing. Now, fishing has been my hobby, you know, since I was a kid. Um, I did stop for a few years, you know, having children and playing sport, other sports myself, so I didn't really get time. But, um, you know, as I got older again, got back into fishing. And uh, really, I think the real idea came sort of during lockdown. You know, the first lockdown, I think, when I heard uh, the announcement on the radio, I was driving home from fishing. I was thinking, thank God I got one in because <laughs> I'm not going to be able to go fishing now, you know. And um, it was quite stressful not being able to go fishing. You know, it was like, wow, I, I was missing something. It was having an impact on me day to day. Um, and then as the restrictions got lifted, I started going back out fishing. And then, you know, I had a few friends who were on furlough and were struggling. And I invited them out fishing. I said, come with me, you know, it'll be a, it'll be a laugh, you know, it'll get you out of the house. And that, that's sort of the seed started there. Uh but my background work-wise is training, and we were looking to start doing mental health first aid, because we do everything else, first aid, you know, outdoor first aid, pediatric first aid, all these sort of courses. Oh, that's, that's the new thing, mental health first aid, let's have a look into it. And I went on one of the courses, and straight away it was like, you know, just all the dots joined up. It was, it was like, wow, mindfulness, that, that's fishing. Yeah, you know, getting outdoors, exercise, good nutrition, all these things, you know, loneliness, socializing, just join the dots. It was like, wow, this is fishing, you know, this is this is what we can do. Um, so we just took it from there, you know, I sort of started taking a few more people out and then went, you know what, let's register a company. So we come up with a name and we put in a bid to the National Lottery, uh, the Awards for All Community Funds. And you know, they, they give us 10 grand to get started. So that was it then, you know, we just, we went from there, just started going out taking people fishing. Wow. Uh, I'd never thought about it actually, but you're right. Um, I'm, and the reason, I, I don't think I said it, but the reason I was so interested is, uh, or one of the reasons was fishing is my absolute, you know, passion together with, um, of course, you know, medicine and, and food. But, um, but yeah, when you're fishing, you're, 
I mean, there's all types of fishing. You know, some is more passive than others. But you're right. You're you're really in your sort of happy place. You know, you're you have all these thoughts to yourself. You're in the open air. Um, I mean, how do you how do you then you know take all those elements and then and then maybe how have you put that into practice with with the real minds with with the people who have joined is it something you like consciously tell them okay guys this is what we're going to do today or is it just very organic absolutely not no <laughs> um what what we do and it's one of the things i was i was going to talk about um you see a lot in mental health with you know people doing things very deliberately and almost forcing them on people you know saying it's okay to talk but then pulling people up on not knowing what correct phrase to use whether it's neurodiversity neurodivergent whatever that only adds to anxiety mm. yeah. <laughs> and if we got people who are already anxious why would we do that so we make it really really relaxed you know it is about just coming out and having fun you know the the conversations happen so organically mm. you know you might have a guy who's you know, and I've got a few examples, but, you know, recently a guy who lost his wife a few years ago. And, uh, you know, at first you're just talking about the weather, a bit of fishing, and, you know, then maybe starts opening up a little bit and discussing the actual problems, you know, or we've had it the other way around where someone is, all they can talk about is that bit of trauma they've had. Yeah. You know, that that's the only thing they talk about and, Within 10 minutes of being down at the beach or at the pier, wherever we are, the conversation has turned to fishing and it's turned to something else they used to do in their youth and motorbikes and cars. And it's almost given them a respite from themselves, from their own thoughts, yeah. you know, because they've got that that social aspect there as well. You know, and um, it's, it's, it's strange because we, we, we do a few different venues. Um, and I, I was out fishing last night and last night was one of the ones where... It was a very social experience, so we're all quite close together. Um, we're on like a seafront wall, and there's a lot of walking up and down and talking. Um, and everyone chooses which trips they come on. You know, they, we've got like a, a booking list. Um, but then other ones where we're more spread out on the beach, you find people spend that time doing what you said there, the unplugging. You know, they sit looking at the end of the road, they're just meditating. And, you know, we don't go around and force conversation on people. Want to get up and come and have a chat? I might walk around every now and again and just, are you all right? How are you getting on? You know, we do a, a bit of fishing coaching as well. So we got some experienced guys, you know, go around, show them little tips and tricks and how to improve. Um, but like I say, it's very organic. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's no uh, there's no set <laughs> like today, is this is the lesson plan. Yeah. Um, we, we, it's just not like that. Okay, and and I imagine it's it's free and sort of anybody can join. Yeah, so we we kind of got two sides, um, and this is this is again part of the sort of organic growth. At first, it was like, yeah, we'll just take people out and it'll you know be good for them and great. And um, you mentioned the BBC thing, so the BBC thing we'd had sixty people sign up up until then, and that was well, two months ago, maybe a month ago. Yeah. Um, we're now on at like 130. Wow. <laughs> uh, yeah, it just it exploded. So everyone saw it, you know, um, to the point where, you know, like I was in North Wales last week and a guy, I had my fishing box where was going fishing. And a guy said, he went, oh, real minds. I, I follow you on Facebook. Oh, nice. The other end of the country. Wow. Um, 
so that that exposure was great for us. You know, really got us out there. And yeah, so we, we've had uh, requests from different sort of places now. So you know, the project originally was for people who were struggling with their mental health or people who maybe you know thought I need to get back out into the world. You know, a bit isolated, particularly after COVID. You know, the amount of people who sort of decided not to rejoin the world have stayed at home. That's who it was for. Um, but we've had like colleges and uh, training companies come to us about schools, um, about activity days, you know, getting the kids to go outdoors. You know, and I, I've sort of coined this phrase now, we, we're sort of promoting analog skills in a digital age. You know, is the, all the yeah. kids know how to use an iPhone, an email, but, you know, how many can hold a conversation or start a fire yeah. or, you know, tie a knot? Um, so, you know, these are the sort of things we, we want to push on them. It's the things that we had when we were kids, you know, things our parents or grandparents taught us. We want to do that sort of stuff. Um, so we're not just doing fishing now. We're doing, like I said, the, the foraging. And uh, we do indoor sessions. You know, guys, particularly in winter, wanted to sit in and uh, do, like, knot tying and things like that. Um, so we've, we've sort of got this sort of the charity arm bit where we're working with people who, who need us. And then the bit where um, we're charging schools and companies, uh, you know, tra training establishments, stuff like that, um, for day sessions where we will take a group out and we give them a set plan of a day then. You know, we will take them out, show them all the basics of fishing, give them a day's fishing. Um, we do a mental health awareness day with them. So it's, it can be accredited or non-accredited, you know, in terms of training. It can just be about that telling them look you know we went fishing the other day and uh you sat outside and you're in the sunlight well you know that's good for you because of the vitamin d and you know because you're outdoors in nature and you know doing the exercise uh, the concentration thing we're looking at the end of the rod so we, we sort of try and match up all those things mm. of you know what's good for your mental health and what's bad and then where fishing fits in and when <clears throat> I, I remember in the uh bbc piece um which is you know really nicely edited they they had a story about a gentleman who talks about his his personal experience in um how he was you know uh having difficulties socializing and you know that really brought him out of the shell um there there must be a few a few stories you've seen i mean when when did you have that sort of uh, eureka moment where you maybe saw a personal story and thought, oh, I, I think we have something here. You know, uh, honestly, it's going to sound really underwhelming, but for me, it's the little tiny wins, okay? So one of the first guys we took out was a guy called Brian, 74 years of age, um, lived alone. He'd broken his back a few years previous. Um, he can walk and things like that, but struggles, you know, he'd put on a lot of weight. And the first time I took him out, it was early morning, I dropped him home, and on the way home in the car, he said to me, do you know what, I'm glad you came and got me today, because I'm going to go down the pub for lunch. Usually I would have sat in my house all day watching <laughs> TV. And for me, it was like, do you know what, That's, that is a win, yeah. right? Because I've changed the guy's life today, he's, he's not going to sit in his house, you know, eating a pot noodle, watching crap yeah. on the TV. He's going to go out and he's going to have a, a pub lunch on a Sunday. And, you know, and 
over time, we, you know, Brian's a perfect example. He was the, the older fella on the, the BBC programme. But um, I got him to join another group, the Men's Sheds, so he goes there once a week. And it's just, you know, a bunch of guys hang out and they do different activities together. Um, but since then, he's, you know, he's been abroad twice. <laughs> um, he's he's abroad now, again, on another holiday, yeah. <laughs> um, but he, he went and organised, he went on a boat trip on his own. You know, he just went and paid for it. And, you know, he said the other week in the car, he said, you know, this has been the best thing that's happened to him in years. You know, he's never had so many friends. You know, and that, that sort of gets me a little bit. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Chokes me up, you know. Um, but there are so many stories like that. You know, and I probably didn't realise at the beginning we would have that much of an impact. You know, mm. I knew it was good for people, but I didn't think it would be like, wow, you've changed my life. Yeah. Um, and that, that does surprise me. Wow, that's that's incredible, and and um, I imagine you know those people then tell somebody else, and then you know other people start joining. I mean, how do you manage today? With you said there was about a hundred and and something people. I mean, that's a lot. It is a lot, yeah. Um, luckily, you know, for us, not all of them follow through and want to come fishing straight away. So they'll sign up and say they want to come and, you know, whether it's the anxiety or something else will stop them from booking onto a session straight away. And, you know, maybe I'll, I'll message them a couple of weeks later and it'll be like, oh yeah, you know, I've got a lot on. I do want to come eventually, mm. you know, so actively regulars, we have probably about 40 to 50 guys who regularly come out with us. Um, so we've had to limit the sessions now to like, look, we can have, you know, two sessions a month each, yeah, um, we are growing. You know, we, we are going to recruit another five volunteers um, over the next six months to you know, sort of help us manage that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you know, the volunteers have been brilliant. You know, fair play to them. Um, yeah. They give up a lot of their time, and that. Um, you know, it, it's hard. None of, none of us get paid for doing this. You know, yeah. um, and what started off as. Uh, you know, my way of relaxing has has, uh, <laughs> has become fairly stressful for me. So uh, I, I now and again do go out and just have my own pleasure fishing session to oh, go and good. switch off from everything else. And I, I need today. You know, I need a few hours. Yeah. Um, so I'm I'm super. I mean, I I've told you before. I I really want to join you guys. Um, you know, as soon as possible. But I'm I'm really curious to hear like. Walk us through like what the the actual like experience is. So I mean, you, you mentioned like you dropped Brian off, um, but I imagine with with that many people now that you guys probably meet somewhere. Like, what is the dynamic? Like, what does it look like that somebody's you know maybe listening and interested in joining and and figuring you know what what to expect? Yeah, we provide everything. Okay, so we, we, you know, knowledge, skills, experience, the equipment, uh, bait. Uh, the only thing you need to bring, you know, is wear sensible clothing and a, a drink and a snack or whatever you need. Uh, we risk assess all the venues. So we've got a scale of like uh, suitability. And that's, that's just really a, like an accessibility scale. So sort of one, two and three, anyone can fish there. And the scale goes up to like seven. Yeah, so the first three, anyone can go. You know, if you're in a wheelchair, you can go. It doesn't matter. You know, they're completely accessible venues. So that helps us, again, pick where we're going and what we're doing. Um, most people drive themselves. 
Um, obviously, some people who don't have transport, then we arrange to pick them up. So what I, I do, I, I've got a nine-seater like minibus thing. Um, so I try to plan my routes. So as there's, you know, we're going to a venue there is at the end of picking the people up and they're all on a straight line. Um, so we try and group them like that. So as it's not too much, uh, yeah, it's, it's difficult, you know, sh scheduling it is difficult. Um, you know, at the end of the day, the, the, the sea is, uh, you know, it's a public place. It's not mine to decide who can and can't go there. Um, but we do ask people in the group, you know, if they want the support of a, a coach or, a, you know, one of the volunteers that they put their name down. Uh, you know, and we limit it to sort of four people per volunteer on each trip. You know, last night there was there was a three of us there, and we, and we did have twelve guys out with us uh, fishing. You know, two of us went and picked up from different areas of, of South Wales, um, and dropped them back again afterwards. Uh, but it was, you know, I, last night amazingly, you know, the weather was lovely, the fishing was terrible, uh, but it was one of the best nights I've had in a long time when we've been out fishing. It was just a lovely group. And just to see the way they were, you know, bouncing off each other, talking to each other, it's great. You know, that, that's what, what does it for me. Oh, that's nice. Um, yeah, sometimes when the weather is great, the fish uh, decide not to not to bite, huh? Uh, <laughs> yeah, as long as it's not windy and raining. You know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so I guess you know, putting my angler hat aside and putting my my medical hat on. Um, I'm curious to hear, you know, what have you ever had a case where you know somebody will join you guys and and it becomes very apparent that they need you know escalation, they need you know professional. Yeah. Help? Um, I, again, I suppose from my professional background, it helps. You know, I've I've run my own company for a lot of years, so and it's been in that sort of environment, working with you know mainly unemployed people. Um, I, I know all the places to go. You know, I've got all the uh, the signposting services. You know, I know who to contact for homelessness and things like that. You know, and I've had that with some of the guys. You know, you know, I'm sleeping on a sofa. I don't know what to do. You know, and I've got on the phone to the local authority and sorted somewhere out for them to stay. Um, you know, to you just got to call this place. You can go. Um, you know, uh, equally, I've had messages at past 11, 12 o'clock at night from people who are struggling, you know, and I will listen and talk and give them the phone numbers of, you know, the professionals who they need to speak to. Um, and, you know, I, I've, I've seen, you know, I've seen a couple of our guys that have gone through quite hard times. Um, and, and two in particular I can think of are right up the other side of it now. You know, they are... They're back in, um, and, and, and you notice it because what tends to happen is it takes a while for somebody to engage, as I mentioned earlier, and then when they do engage, you can't stop them engaging. They're like, yeah, when's the next session? When's the next session? When's the next session? I can only get you in this many, but I'll get you out as soon as I can. When they have a bit of a wobble with their mental health, they stop asking, or they ask and then they don't turn up. You know, and you, you can see the pattern straight into right, you know, need to message this person i need to ask if they're all right you know and, um all our guys all our volunteers you know we've made sure that they've had some training you know they've had like uh level three mental health first aiders 
across the board, you know, so they understand how to listen and, and where to where to send people to if need be, you know, and how to report things. Um, but I think one of the big things that's helped is we've set up um, on social media a chat group. So it's only for members. So only once you've signed up can you go in the chat group. And the amount of guys who, you know, the loneliness and all that, chat to each other in there. Um, I've, since that's happened, I've stopped having as many messages of people. I think because they've got each other to lean on all the time. They, they're not coming to me as often as they used to. Um, so, I, you know, and again, it's that thing, isn't it? You know, I, we talk about a million different things about mental health and, you know, the causes and this and that and the next thing. But for me, the guys I see, loneliness is the biggest problem. You know, inability to socialise, being stuck indoors with nobody to talk to just causes such a massive problem for people. You know, just being left alone with your own thoughts is, is not good. Um, so, I, you know, I think, you know, we can talk about the, you know, <laughs> all these benefits like mindfulness and, you know, vitamin D intake from the sun. But but really the social aspect is probably the, the biggest thing for me. You know, you see it makes a difference in these guys. They look forward to seeing each other and having a catch up and a chat. Um and one of the other things that's, that's come out of the group as well, a lot of the guys now, and this this is where I see it, because obviously, you know, if we keep having 60 people a month sign up, they're <laughs> never going to be able to take anyone fishing. So the idea was always that there would be an out at the end, you know, that people would have an intervention from us, and then they, you know, they would meet people and form their own fishing groups to go out with, you know. And we've had that start to happen. Now we've got a couple of guys who, you know, message each other outside oh anyone fancy coming fishing today guys in the chat group yeah okay i will and you know one will go and pick the others up and they'll share costs so you know they, they've created a new friendship group and, and they've got people they can you know go and do their hobby with now and you mentioned loneliness is, is such a important factor i mean who what what's the sort of the profile of of people that join you is it a certain age group or is it pretty mixed you know, I, I say it's, it's mixed. I would say the majority of people in the group um, are either unemployed or retired, uh, males, and most of them, I would say, are, are probably 45, 50 plus. Um, we do have other people in the group, you know, but I, I think if you said, well, you know, What's your average customer? I, I think I think that's 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 where most of the guys are. Um, and I remember you mentioning when we we last spoke that um, you know it wasn't just sort of men in in a certain you know demographic, but you had done experiences where like families had showed up. And can you can you speak a little bit more about that? Yeah, sure. So. Um, I know a, a, a guy locally, and uh, he's like the engagement officer for a school or a set of two schools um, in in quite a you know deprived area in, in the South Wales Valleys where we are. And these kids just you know aren't turning up to school and stuff like that, having problems. And seeing what we were doing, is, Dave, will you you know can you do something? So we arranged to do a day with four kids and four parents, 
mm. sort of, you know, one's strength and those sort of family bonds. And, you know, I, I guarantee, Rod, you said you go fishing. Yeah, I guarantee you can remember, you know, specific days you went fishing with your your dad or your granddad, yeah, whoever took you fishing. You go, oh, God, remember that time? Yeah. Yeah. We wanted to pass that on, give that to a new well, generation. Partially because I fell in the lake, but, but yeah. <laughs> Oh, well, we'll all remember the times we fell in the lake. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or the one that got away. You know? yeah. yeah. Oh, well, yeah. That's, that's a yeah. That's, that's and, and Every time you talk about fishing, you'll talk about that time. So we wanted to give them those, uh, those memories. And you know, like I said before, all those sort of the analog skills and get them to appreciate being outdoors, you know. And again, one of the other things I've done a lot of sort of research on recently is like ADHD and autism. You know, and there's loads of studies out there about like the seven areas of improvement when you put kids with ADHD or autism in the outdoors, in nature. You know, there's, there's so many different things that, you know, their behavior improves, social, intera- social interaction improves, um, you know, improves sensory issues. So there's all these different things. It's like, I want to see it in practice. You know, there's a couple of kids with some of these, uh, you know, on the spectrum. Um, so, so we'd we, we do it. We'd, we'd, we'd run a, you know, fishing with families sort of thing. So we went out, took them out for a day, and it was brilliant. It was ap- absolutely brilliant. You know, the parents enjoyed it, kids enjoyed it, and it wasn't the sort of mix you'd expect. You know, we had mothers with daughters there, fathers with daughters there. It, it was a total 50-50 split, male and female. Kids were like 9, 10. And they had a great day. You know, and, and one thing particularly stands out for me was the, there was a, a young girl on there who has sensory issues, didn't like touching anything. And by the end of the day, she was my bait assistant. <laughs> so I, I was cutting the bait up and she was picking it up and taking it and giving it to people. So oh. she was picking up like live worms and strips of mackerel. You know? yeah, <laughs> and her yeah. mother was over the moon. And I just thought, wow, what a win that is. You know, it's four hours. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Um, so, yeah, those type of things, you know, we, we want to get into doing more of that. Um, and, and with stuff like that, it is funding, you know, from the, the schools or whatever. Um, it's going to allow us to, to do those sort of programs again. No, you're absolutely right. I mean, um, yeah, those first fishing memories with, with my dad are, yeah, or, you know, I can, I can remember them like they were yesterday. They're so vivid. Um, and they were so impactful and, and fun and, and great. Um, it, you just got me thinking. I mean, there it sounds like there might even be, um, you know, mentoring, you know, opportunity there. I know in the U.S., like where I grew up, they had that uh, Big Brothers initiative where um, young folks um, from certain parts of the country didn't grow up with a father or didn't have that, that male figure or female figure. So they partnered him with, with somebody um, to do everyday stuff like, you know, go play sports and and whatnot. But, um, I mean, fishing sounds like it could be a, a winner uh, for, for that. Is that something you've thought of? Yeah. Um, look, you know, if we've, if we've thought, thought of, this, of the, the, the mentoring routes in, in a couple of different ways as well. So, um, you know, as I said earlier, I was, I was listening to, uh, the podcast with Ryan mm. talking about well-being strategies in companies, you know, and one of the things I'd thought of for, for big companies was 
you know, not just having a, a mental health champion, but having someone who'd had hands-on experience and, you know, offering the company, you know, they would pay us to train their mental health champion as a mentor and take them out and put them first-hand experience with, you know, people with difficulties, mental health problems, you know, neurodivergent, whatever it was. But instead of just, you know, it, would be, it wouldn't be lip service, it wouldn't be this, like, oh, I've had a half-an-hour appointment with someone. They would get to be, you know, spend, like, one full day a month with mm. a group of people seeing what it's like firsthand and being able to take those lessons back into the workplace, you know, being able to identify early when someone is under too much pressure or not enough and is, you know, getting depressed or anxious or, you know, yeah. looking like they're self-harming. Um, you know, they, they was, it was sort of like a two-way street lesson, you know, mm. in that, yes, someone would get a mentor um, as the same time as somebody being trained up as a mentor. That's such a good idea because um, I know in the UK, well, globally, the, the concept of mental health first aid trainers or mental health first aiders or champions or whatever they're called in the different companies um, is just exploded over the last you know, two, three years. There was even uh, that MP that brought it up in Parliament as potentially having it as a, as a legal requirement um, in the UK. Um, so it's it's really expanded. But when I've I've joined some of those sessions because I was you know curious my medical head on what the curriculum was like, it, it became very apparent that it was it's very similar to the you know the ACLS and the you know the, the heart attack first responder type of training in the sense that you get this great training um, over a day two days of individuals that are, you know, maybe it's their first time dealing with a, a medical type of thing, but that's very different to when it actually happens and it's in front of you, like the practical aspect, you know, the classroom stuff and and then when shit hits the fan is, is very different. So I think this, this is a great example of that real face-to-face, -face, you know, human interaction oh, component. And, you know, it's... Uh... It's funny because I, I was sort of looking at, again, looking at some of the other podcasts, it's like, well, wow, it's quite intimidating. You've got all these sort of doctors and things. And I'm just a guy who goes fishing. You know? <laughs> um, but I thought then, you know, I probably have more hands-on hours with people than any of those people have. You know, they maybe have an hour or two, you know, an appointment here or there. I'll go and spend an entire day with a group of people with multiple issues, you know, and they have my contact details 24-7. Um, you know, and you'd said then about like different issues, you know, that they've got, um, someone joined the program recently just said to me, you know, do you have to sort of distance yourself, shut yourself off from it somehow? You know, I was like, do you know what? I try to, but I absolutely can't because it's, it's just kind of in my nature that, you know, if, if I can help, I will. Um, you know, and, and that's probably one of the reasons behind Real Minds in the first place is like, look, I've got this idea that I know will benefit people and I can do it so if I can I should do it so it's you know, it, it is uh, sort of quite difficult at times you know I, I take on quite a lot myself yeah that's and that's a, a good uh, point I mean with so many uh, lives now involved like how do how do you look after your own sort of mental health because I mean you said you said it's you know it's, it's understandably very hard to distance yourself and 
So, like, what what um, what have you put in place? <laughs> so, I mean, look, you know, and this is it now. Where it's got this busy, this this has only just been a new thing. But um, next week, myself and the volunteers are having a little holiday. We're, oh, we're, nice. we're going to go away, um, just down to Weymouth for the week fishing. Nice. <laughs> Break it up. So the answer is fishing. Yeah, that's what I do. <laughs> um, but no, you know, I I try not to. Um, think about it too much uh, even like with social media so i've set up a separate profile for dave real minds yeah because i you know i don't want that crossover into my personal life um you know th- there's a specific way for people contacting me you know like i said before it's always been very organic real minds you know something we came up with recently was like a code of conduct for when people go fishing you know because it just been little things like you know someone had brought like a bottle of beer to one of the sessions it was like love you know not appropriate yeah, and just little things like that safety issues certain things so we, we come up with a code of conduct and you know that's probably one of the things that will go in there is that there will be you know certain hours for contacting uh the volunteers and you know there's we will give them the the local helpline numbers if there's an issue sort of outside of those hours i'm quite lucky you know you, you asked about my own mental health i've always been really sort of resilient um you know i've never really suffered badly with you know mental health problems i've you know i've felt you know like everyone does i've had good days and bad days and you know maybe good weeks and bad weeks but i've never been to the point where i've gone wow i don't know what i'm gonna do you know i've always felt like everything's been um within my own power to change so you know i, I think because of that it's, i've never really let things get to me too much um but, you know, it is it's heartbreaking to, to hear some of the things that other people have been through, you know, and to see where they are, you know, if they, they're struggling badly. And, it, you know, it, it is hard to, to sometimes know what to say. And sometimes it's just listening, you know, and that's it, just listening and being there yeah. as a shoulder to cry on. Yeah, it's, um, it's an area in medicine we, we really have not uh, been able to... To, to figure a good solution for which is um, what is technically called health-seeking behavior. So, so when you take very very specific populations, whether they're men, women, children, certain nationalities, in certain circumstances, how they access healthcare in different parts of the world, and what we know globally is that men are the worst offenders when it comes to not accessing healthcare, not going to the doctor, you know, putting stuff off for for so long and and then just going when it, it gets really bad and um, and one of the things we've we've seen in the cl- in the clinics is is that that actually uh, escalated with the pandemic because of course, you know, hospitals were shut down or they were repurposed. So people either you know didn't get their even blood pressure things like blood pressure that you know is in mental health they didn't go for the regular appointments or put off you know refilling their their medication and so now the backlog of cases especially really serious cases is is where it's it's never never been i mean it sounds like there's a lesson to be learned here on on you know thinking thinking outside of the box of okay how do we get men to you know access healthcare and and the way we've done it isn't working but you know maybe there's there's something well i know there's something to to learn from what you've you've done 
Yeah, I've, I, I've got a real-world example as well. A couple of weeks ago, I took a guy out for the first time. He said he wasn't feeling well. On the way back, he was vomiting out the side of the van. Something really bad. And I said, look, you know, it sounds like he might have a stomach ulcer or something like that. You really need to go and see the doctor. Oh, I don't know. I said, look, make sure you go and see the doctor. Sort of convinced him to go. Uh, he messaged me two days later from the hospital and um, found out he's got angina. Oh, Wow. But it, it took somebody to tell him, yeah. to convince him to go to the doctor that it was serious. Well, he just wouldn't have gone. You know, he'd, he'd been feeling like it for months. And I'm I'm sure he listened to, you know, you and, and the guys probably more than he would have, you know, somebody. And I think that's it. Yeah, I think it. sometimes it's where the message is coming from. You know, and I, I said this a little bit about when we started Real Minds and doing some of the social media posts. And at the beginning, I was like, oh, He's a bit fluffy, you know. <laughs> He's, you know, people are gonna like, you know. And I thought, you know what? I don't care what people say. I'm just gonna put it out there the way I see it. And it was amazing how quickly people sort of jumped on the bandwagon. You know, were like championing it and then saying the same thing. And I think because it came from, you know, real minds, not from me as a person. It came from this sort of organization. It sort of put strength behind it. And, you know, almost gave other people the courage to speak up and say things about their mental health or, you know, to give other people a pat on the back. You know, and, and I've, I've, I've still seen it on, on social media with, with some of our guys, you know, they uh, put posts up and you'll see people have a go at them. But very quickly now other people shoot them down. Um, and I see that a lot. And I think, wow, do you know, that that's something that's, that's happened um, more recently. I think more and more people are are open to talking about their mental health, you know, even just online or on, on uh, social media. It was, you know, it was amazing. Yeah, I mean, uh, still a long way to go, but I think in, in the UK, for sure, it's, it's, uh, it's gotten better. Um, other parts of the world, I'm not so sure we're quite, quite there yet. Uh, I think Mexico is still, you know, where I, where I was born, very, very early days. Um, it's not yet. To the level where the UK is in terms of people being well, I would even say region to region. Honestly, I some of the guys I pick up just just here in South Wales, from some areas they're very very open. Other areas, you know, and I can sort of, sort of draw the line on the M4. Yeah, anything south of the M4, that people are a lot more guarded. They're not as open. You know, they're, they're, it's very strange. Um, Why do you think that is? That's so interesting that even in the same yeah, you know, I, geographical area. I don't know. You know, I, and it's it's what I've always noticed a, a real social difference. Um, I grew up sort of south of the M4 in uh, in, in a town, and, and now I live up in in the valleys. And you know, p- people are a lot different. Um, people are more open, and I think about the way they feel. You know, they're less sort of threatened or less worried how it'll affect their image. I think maybe. Um, but you, you definitely see it, you know, the, the guys were really sort of cagey about uh, their mental health. Um, and, you know, you see just, just up the road, they're quite open, we'll speak about it, you know. And I, I mentioned the safe space to talk, you know, and they're probably overly open about it, you know. 
Um, especially when a new person comes, you know, and some of the guys will be like, oh, look, what's the matter with you then? <laughs> <laughs> and they, they sort of look at me and he's like, it's okay, it's okay, you know, I, I put myself in the nut house. <laughs> and you think, wow, like that's a conversation you, you would never have with someone. But Is that what they're going to ask me when I, when I show up? That, that's what they do, yeah. They, 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 like, they think that's, you know, look, if I tell you how bad I've had it, yeah. you know, and I've been there, then you've got nothing to worry about, you yeah. know? <laughs> um, so it's, yeah, it, uh, but like I said, you know, you I do notice area to area, other people will be so, so cagey and will start to bring it up a little bit at a time. Uh, you know, who who knows what the, <laughs> why the, why that is. Yeah. So, I mean, since the BBC thing, it sounds like you guys have really sort of grown and, you know, you're mentioning starting to incorporate families and and you know the companies and the rest so what what's what's next for for real mind well you know we've also most of the people have been self-referrals we have had some referred to like occupational therapists through the nhs through like the you know green prescribing networks and things like that but i still don't think that like that green and social prescribing is, is high enough up the list yet you know, I, I don't think it's, I don't know whether it's the way it's thought about by uh, GPs or, you know, whether they just don't know enough about it or it's not visible enough to them. But, you know, you, you hear about all the mental health cases and then, you know, the very few number of people that we get referred through that through that system, you know, compared to the self-referrals, you would think there would be more. I mean, our hope is that, you know, we are sort of the first port of call for mild mental health issues you know people with anxiety and depression you know that that's what gps and the nhs would do is go look let's you know use the green and social prescribing network out there and you know eventually fund us you know i've heard of a few projects in england now that have been um the nhs have funded uh, the social prescription um i don't see why it should be any different in wales yeah, I know in the U.S. It's, it's just starting to happen that uh, within the healthcare system, I think there's now an official like code uh, for referral um, for like um, even like forest walks and things like that. But it's yeah, it's very very early days. Um, but uh, okay, that's no, that's that makes a lot of a lot of sense. Uh, those for those folks listening and, and are interested in like supporting you guys, uh, where would you direct them to be able to help? Most of our information is on our Facebook page. You know that that's it's just much easier for me to keep up to date um, and allows everyone to see it. Um, but we also have a website, uh, realmind.org.uk. You know, there's a donation button on there if you wanted to make a donation uh, to the cause or you know if you wanted any of our services there's, there's an email address on there drop us an email drop us a message on uh, facebook or linkedin even that will come directly to me anyway but yeah any way in which people want to support or get involved volunteers um, you know we have a couple of sponsors now so yeah <laughs> always looking for money to fund things um, we have a couple of people who actually sponsor us, which is great. Yeah, you know, that's that's it. All, all the info's there on the website and on the social media pages. Um, last question. What's the one thing health-wise you would uh, <clears throat> want to sort of recommend or share with others that isn't fishing? 
Um, yeah, well, rather, I, I, I told you the answer earlier, didn't I? <laughs> <laughs> was fishing. Um, I, I said earlier about the social isolation and loneliness, you know, in, um, there's so many sayings about, you know, you know, idle hands are the devil playground and all that, you know, is it doesn't matter if it's fishing or what, you, you need to get out and do something, you know, whether that's going to the gym, going for a walk with your dog or, you know, get out into the world, um, I would say, because uh, I see too many people who, and literally just the change of coming out, you know, a couple of times with us, that makes such a big difference to their lives and is the catalyst for them doing other things, you know, going out and doing other activities and meeting people. So yeah, be active. No, that's that's great advice, and, and I have to I have to say it's you know backed by science as as well. There's so much research to show that the um, the neurotransmitter based effects of you know uh, friendship of social groups of all these things. It's um it's been very well documented. So yeah, no, that's that's great, Dave. Um, well, Dave, thanks again. It's been a it's been a pleasure. I can't uh, wait to join you uh, on the waters. And um, yeah, I look forward to it. That'll be that'll be great. We, we'll get you out definitely. Hopefully, catch you some yeah, good fish. Yeah, hope so. That sounds great. <laughs> All right, thanks a lot, Dave. Cheers, Rod. Thanks. Hey, thanks for listening, folks. If you enjoyed that, please hit subscribe, like, and share. See you next time.